Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on October 25th, 2020, for the 21st Sunday after Pentecost, but on that day, we specifically celebrated the 100th anniversary of our Dakota, Montana district. And the words that we considered were taken from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, about a year and a half ago, I got an email from Pastor Bruce Miller of First Lutheran Church in Gary, South Dakota. He was working on compiling congregational histories to commemorate what we're celebrating today, the 100th anniversary of the Dakota-Montana district of our Wisconsin Synod. What he wanted me and, and all the other pastors of the district to do was to write a brief history of our congregation here, St. Peter and St. Albert. And to help us out, he attached to that email a copy of the histories from the 75th anniversary back in 1995. I clicked on that attachment in his email, and this was the very first page that greeted me. It, it's the history of Apostles Lutheran Church in Billings, Montana, which just so happens to be the church that I grew up in. I was there in 1995. I remember playing hide-and-go-seek and getting yelled at for using the church sign as my hiding spot. I remember climbing the stone wall on the front corner of the church and, and pretending that I was summiting Mount Everest. I spent eight years going to school in, in one room in that building, looking out those windows while I learned my ABCs and my multiplication table. I used these two fence posts in the parking lot as the goalposts for when we'd play street hockey. This is my home for 10 years of my life, from the time that I was five to the time that I was 15. This was my pastor, a mustachioed man named Metzger, who, who infamously stopped a sermon midstream to yell at his son who was misbehaving in the front row. This is where I learned who Jesus was and, and how to sing hymns. This is where I was confirmed and, and came to the conclusion that someday I wanted to be a pastor too. Even now, when I look at these pictures, I, I feel butterflies in my stomach. I, I look back on that time with fondness and thankfulness in my heart to God. 
I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for that church. And I don't mean the building with the best hiding spots or the conveniently hockey rink-sized parking lot. I, I mean the people. The Sunday school teacher who, who taught me what it is to, to pray with faith. The grade school teacher who, who taught me how to put that faith into action on the playground and in the classroom. The youth group leader who kept me close to God when I was at the age where you can start to stray away. The 90-year-old piano tuner who, who demonstrated a heart of faithful service. He was never too old, too tired, too busy to serve his God or his brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's just my story. Within the last 25 years. What about the 70 other churches spread across three provinces and five states throughout the hundred years of the history of our district? What if I turned the page and showed you this history? Do you remember when St. Peter looked like that? Do you remember Pastor Raywurtz or Bayer or Haben or Deutschlander? Do you remember your Sunday school teachers, your youth group leader, the choir member who made you want to sing as loud as you could, or, or the quiet member who, who was ready to help out however they could? If you have any of those memories with our or any other congregation, then, then you can understand Paul's sentiment when he says to the Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That congregation in Philippi was special to Paul. It was the first church he established on the continent of Europe. No doubt he thought fondly of those first meetings down by the river with Lydia and the other ladies doing their laundry. No doubt he thought fondly of the jailer, whose life he spared and who later became a leader. Paul had fond memories of his time in Philippi. And yet, even the best church in all the world is not perfect, right? Even the best church has its foibles and follies, a split over church fellowship in the 80s, rifts caused by the redesign in the late aughts and early teens, Paul's time in Philippi wasn't perfect either. He was thrown into prison for driving a demon out of a slave girl. He was run out of town for preaching the good news of Jesus. But he could still say, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Why? Not because everything always went according to plan. Not because everyone always got along or always agreed on everything, but because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The reason Paul found occasion to give thanks to God was because of the way that we get to be sharers of the good news of Jesus. Paul's happiness was connected to those people, but it was caused by Christ. Jesus is the one who brought them all together under the unifying banner of the gospel. Now, I don't know that I have ever felt more alone or isolated or unsupported than I do today. 
It seems like every conversation I have, whether with a longtime friend or, or the nurse who checks me in at the clinic, I have to walk on eggshells because so much of our current affairs are explosive and polarizing. We're approaching eight months of quasi-quarantine where I haven't seen my friends from rec league. And, and sitting down for a cup of coffee and conversation isn't as simple as it sounds. But like Paul, I can thank God every time I remember you. Not because we get to hang out all the time or share hobbies, not because we're best friends or bosom buddies, but because we're something better. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're partners in the gospel. We are sharers in the grace of God. Our gospel partnership is higher and, and nobler than any earthly relationship because it goes beyond common interest and it extends into our common future in heaven. But all too often, we, we treat our membership in a congregation or district too lightly. We treat our partnership in the gospel as a burden or an obligation, something we have to do, rather than a precious privilege to be cherished. But that's why Paul's confidence in the Philippians didn't come from Lydia or the jailer or, or any other member of that congregation. Paul's confidence came from Christ. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The thing that brings us together is the gospel. The good news that Jesus is our savior from sin. For the times that we've been lukewarm or, or downright cold to each other, God has been nothing but warm to us. For the sins of selfishness and complacency, God sacrificed his son on a cross because he wasn't content to lose you. God loved you so much that he gave up his son to save you. And he loves you still more that he put you together to be partners in that gospel. You see, no Christian is alone. None of us is an island. We are connected by the forgiveness of our sins through the shedding of Jesus' blood. We are united as sinners saved by grace, and we are brought into an eternal family that can survive any feud or challenge, not because we are strong, but because he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul's joy as he remembers this congregation in Philippi, is connected to the people, but it's caused by Christ. Our thankfulness for what God has done among us here in St. Albert, in Billings, Montana, Gillette, Wyoming, and Sioux Falls, South Dakota, isn't because the pastors are so great. It isn't because the members are so awesome. Our thankfulness stems from what God has done and, and will continue to do. No matter who is standing at this pulpit, sitting in those seats, or watching, or listening online, God is the one who began the good work of sharing the gospel, and he'll continue to do that until the end of time, no matter who is here. But I will say that I'm glad it's you. 
I thank God that I'm partnered here with you, here in this corner of God's kingdom and at this time in human history. When and where else would be better to find shelter in the grace of God? We have this powerful message of comfort and hope and peace of a God who is still in control while it seems like this world teeters on the brink, of a Savior who loves us despite who we are and promises us a future with him in heaven. We are partners not just in having the gospel, but in sharing it too. And that's where Paul's prayer for the Philippians comes in. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I look back on those 25-year-old pictures of apostles in buildings a thousand kilometers away, and I'm thankful that they have the same faith that we do, that, that I'll get to introduce you to my old friends someday in heaven. I think about our conference chairman down in Livingston, Montana, or our district president in Rapid City, South Dakota, and I'm thankful for their leadership and direction, for the cooperation and organization that goes into planting congregations and placing pastors. But I look at this passage and all I can think about is you. I see the work that God has begun in you. I see the fruits of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ, your commitment and diligence to still fill yourselves with God's word in person or online. The generosity to support the ministry of the gospel with your offerings or even more valuably, your time. You do have love for God and, and for each other already, but like Paul, I pray for more. I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. See, love is, is more than just a feeling. Christian love between brothers and sisters is about more than just affection or compatibility. It's a commitment based on faith. It's an understanding that even if I normally wouldn't strike up a conversation with you in a bar or ordinarily invite you to my birthday party, I, I still want to be there for you when you need me. I want to talk to you after worship and get to know you better. Better yet, I want to grow with you and learn from you as we study God's word together. I want to worship with you and raise our voices together in praise to our common God. I want to work with you however I can to share the gospel of Christ with our community so that 25 years from now, when we update our congregation's record in our district history book, we can look back with thanksgiving again at all the many ways God has blessed us and made us to be a blessing to others. Give thanks, Christian friends, for what God has done for you and for our district in the past. And as you pray for the future of our congregation in this corner of God's kingdom on earth, be confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.